He said, now, when the root of bitterness springs up, it troubles you. So when you don't have peace and you're alone and you're talking to yourself and you're conversating with devils, he's telling you that the root of bitterness has it's taken over. It has sprung up. And now, you, you, once you come out of the house, you start messing up everybody. You defile many. You defile many. Then the grace of God quits working. Then you're broke. Can't, get, can't pay your light bill, let alone being prosperous. That's what Satan does to pastors. I told you that's how God trained me. That's why they told me it doesn't matter what anybody does to me and leaves the church. Nobody will join the church and get such influence from me. Amen. Once you leave, you live with your troubles. Amen. But I know I'm keeping my prosperity. Amen. <laughs> and the new person comes, they don't have to Catch whatever somebody did. Because that's what Satan does to you. All of a sudden, you're paying everybody for what they don't know anything about. That's what I noticed in America. All you young ladies, you've given everything to the non-covenant man. Then when you get married, you're acting crazy. Nobody will get any rest. Because you've expended your soul taking care of the non-covenant man. So even though you're saying you love your husband, but the, the, the depth of this love is, is just beneath the, the, the surface. The root is like the, the leg of a mosquito. just goes. <laughs> it breaks up so easily. You have to face these things I'm telling you. If you don't master this area, you will never be prosperous. You will never be prosperous. Now, let me take you deeper into this thing. Hallelujah. I must skip Luke 17 and go to Genesis 21. When the Holy Spirit was teaching me this, this was quite an eye-opener for me. Watch. He says, and the Lord visited Sarah as he had said. <laughs> Man, I read that phrase and I will celebrate. As he has said. You notice, the, the Holy Spirit will not pen that there. If not that, what he said looked like it would never happen. Amen. When everybody just about have given up. Here he did what he said. Hallelujah. If I can convince you tonight that God will do what he said. (laughs) He said he visited Sarah 25 years later. I said to the Lord once, why do you make promises when you know that you are not about to do it? At least wait until you're about to do it. And then you tell me. 
Why do you come and tell me and get me all excited? And then you come 10 years later. You see, for those of you, because you don't have a relationship with God, you don't have such dialogue. I'm not scared. He loves me. So when I get his audience, I ask him questions. Wait a minute. What is going on? This is not here. Yeah. <laughs> what is going on here? I said, oh, why do you make promises and take so long? Are you ready? He said, I'm developing in you everything it will take for you to maintain the blessing when I give it to you. There's somebody here when I'm telling you. Say, I'm not going to give it to you before time. Satan will snatch it. It's so precious. It's eternal. It's generational. So I must develop the capacity. (laughs) 25 years. And finally... And of course, Ishmael was thrown in the, in the midst of the way. And then, what they thought was impossible, then happened. May that be my portion. Amen. May that be your portion. Amen. In Jesus' name. Amen. Glory to God. All right. And the Lord visited Sarah as he had said. And the Lord did unto Sarah as he had spoken. Amen. Claim that tonight that it will happen to you as he has spoken. Hallelujah. For Sarah conceived and bare Abraham a son in his old age. At the set time. Amen. In other words, when he made that promise, he knew it would be 25 years. He said, Sarah had this child at the set time, not before. You can't hurry God. (laughs) At the set time. I know years ago, we fasted and prayed and prayed and fasted. Until finally all the people praying with me got tired. And one day the preacher himself told me, listen, we have prayed all we can pray. All the prayers we prayed, he said they are in God's storehouse. When he's ready, he will start answering them. <laughs> but we are, no, we are not tired. We are tired. <laughs> we are tired. <laughs> Beloved, if you see what has happened, in the lives of all of us that were involved in that prayer. These guys were seven men in one bedroom. They had a living room and one bedroom, and seven of them were living together. And the preacher himself was married, but she's a nurse, and she was working somewhere else, so she had another place. So he would always have to go over there to meet her. Seven guys, and they were struggling. We were helping them the best way we could. You should see them today. That guy even has a university. He has a hospital. What doesn't he have? He has churches everywhere. 
And I asked him, I mean, we were having an interview in his radio station. I went in the studio and they were interviewing me and they were talking about the days I was driving them because eventually they got a, a Volkswagen van and they, nobody knew how to drive. So I was driving them, helping them out and teaching them how to drive until they could start driving. And we're talking about those days and looking at all the amazing things that God had done. Amen. Oh, God is faithful. Hey, watch. So I asked him, what about all those young men? What ever happened to them? Because at some point, uh, two or three of them got tired. And, and they didn't even want to quit the ministry. He said that when God gave him a breakthrough, the line was so classic. He said, I stopped and remembered that I had to look back and bring along all those that suffered with me. And he started naming them. This one is in Maryland, right here in D.C. This one is over here. This one is doing this. He says, I have blessed all of them. I'm not the only one celebrating, but all seven is testifying that God is faithful. And that's a set time. Don't listen to the lies of Satan. There is a set time. I asked you, I told you, I asked the Lord, why do you take so long? He said, come when I'm ready. Because I will always get the job done. And what's the cream on the cake? And I will make up for lost time. I will bless you and make you forget. Man, I feel like a Sunday morning. That's what Manasseh is. God has caused me to forget. You need to receive what I'm preaching to you tonight. So your joy will be full. So you can start praising God for what is to come. The miracles to come. The breakthroughs to come. Hallelujah. Hey. Lord, we give you praise. Thank you. Ancient of days. You can come when you want to. The miracles are here. In Jesus' name. He said, he came at the set time. <laughs> at the set time. Thank God that those guys didn't throw in the towel. You know, we were in Pennsylvania, and I was wondering, because it was one ministry in Pennsylvania. I don't know how they found about the guy, invited him. And he went there and preached, and the relationship started. And all that money came from Pennsylvania to Nigeria. And now I go to Pennsylvania, I see how godless they are, I said, can any good thing come out of Pennsylvania? <laughs> but when God gets ready to do his thing, you hmm, might be a Jagunle. You will get it done. Yeah. Well, these people don't know what a Jagunle is. The Bronx. <laughs> okay, you must have come from the Bronx. Did you used to live in the Bronx? Come on, Bronx. Is, is, is Bronx the bucket? 
It has all the neighborhoods, eh? It has the good ones and the bad ones. All right, okay, so which one is the, eh? which one is the hood? South Bronx. Okay, South Bronx. Bronx is Bronx. <laughs> they, they asked the young lady during the Nigerian Biafra War, this is like 50 years ago. He says, well, what's your daddy's name? He said, I know it. What's your mother's name? He said, fine, Chaba, I know it, I know it. He said, all of them are old, I know it. <laughs> so Bronx is Bronx. They might have the dressed up Bronx or the ghetto Bronx, uh, but it's Bronx. <clears throat> but God got it done. God got it done. Hmm? God got it done. And I remembered all those years. That's why the Bible says a faithful man abounds with blessings when you stick with it. Everything is shaking. You stay with it because you believe or you know that God is faithful. Hmm? Just keep going. All right, now watch. For Sarah conceived and by Abraham a son in his old age, at the set time of which God has spoken to him. Hmm. So did God tell Abraham when this will happen? He said God has spoken to him about the set time. Because it was on the 10th year of his journey. I told you everything is governed by 10. That's when Sarah, just before the breakthrough, Sarah went and introduced the Hagar thing. And I believe it was at that time that God said to him, okay, because of what you have done, you've added 15 years to your weight. So at the set time that God has spoken to him. So it totaled 25 years. You don't know that some of the weight that you have is because of the delays you introduced. By your excursion. Amen. Now watch. And Abraham called the name of his son that was born unto him, whom Sarah bare to him, Isaac. And Abraham circumcised his son Isaac, being eight days old, as God had commanded him. I learned this from Doc, that on the eighth day, is your highest blood platelet count. After the eighth day, it starts going down. And God knew that. He said, circumcise the male child on the eighth day. Hallelujah. Watch. And Abraham was 100 years old. My God. <laughs> 100 years old. Before he got a breakthrough. I wish we lived as long as these guys. They will give me a lot of hope. <laughs> a hundred years. Who can wait that long? Hmm. When his son Isaac was born unto him. And Sarah said, God had made me to laugh. So that all that here... Will laugh with me. 
And she said, who would have said unto Abraham that Sarah should have given children suck? For I have borne him a son in his old age. Now, even though I don't, don't have much time now, but I want to dig into these things since this is my last Bible study before I leave town. <clears throat> You have to be human to understand the dynamic of what happened. Because many times we treat the people, the characters in the scriptures as non-human. Let's consider for a moment the dynamics of the relationship between Abraham and Sarah. A couple is barren. And now, we discover that the woman is at fault. Or she's the one. She's the reason. See? When you understand the pressure Sarah was under, because they discovered that she was the one causing the barrenness. That's why she wanted to, how do you all say it in America, finagle that thing. Hmm? <laughs> she, she wanted to fix it, eh? Because she was under the pressure. I mean, couples that haven't had children, you have to fight to not start blaming the other as being the source of your troubles. Amen. I go into scriptures and show those things because when you see people that have overcome so much, you assume that they have been on some easy street. They have had to fight to maintain their covenant. You see these dynamics in relationships. And silent wars, challenges, all those things are happening. And then to confirm that it was her, she suggested Hagar and she conceived immediately. So she was the issue. Then how did Abraham manage that? I commended him tremendously in this study, but I haven't quite gotten to it because that was an unusual man to even take the Hagar excursion and God comes along and corrects the thing and he obeyed. Don't worry. I'll get to it, and maybe some of you will start pretending, <laughs> and amen me. Hmm. <laughs> now, no, no. watch this. He says, he says, and she said, who would have said unto Abraham that Sarah should have given children suck? For I have borne him a son in his old age. Look at verse 8. And the child grew and was weaned. And Abraham made a great feast the same day that Isaac was weaned. And Sarah saw the son of Hagar, the Egyptian, which she had borne unto Abraham, mocking. Wherefore, she said unto Abraham, cast out this bondwoman and her son. For the son of this bondwoman 
shall not be heir with my son, even with Isaac. And the thing was very grievous in Abraham's sight because of his son. That's what, in this culture, you may not understand. A man having a son. That's the generational line. And it's not only that God gave them a child. He gave them a son. And I believe that what Sarah did is what every one of us should do. And many times, you see me act like that. Like what I just told you happened in North Dakota. It's not Dakota. Where they, you know, we were so tired, even the man said he thought his limb had fallen off. <laughs> and then the rain came. And it was so fierce. You know, just, I said, listen, y'all come on back. I don't feel like a fight today. And then the Lord came to me and said, at least ask me to stop the rain. If you don't want to go to the fight or make decrees and command the rain to stop, ask me to stop it then. I said, okay, Lord, please go ahead. Stop the rain. And the rain stopped. (laughs) It's that kind of a thing. As soon as the rain stopped, here I come. Okay, I'm back. (laughs) You see, Sarah said, all right, now, wait a minute. I know I'm the one that set this thing up. But now I've gotten my son. So you're back to being a bond woman. (laughs) So you got to go. Now, I am sure that Hagar thought, "Hmm, Abraham can't can't let me go because I know what we had in there. (laughs) I'm a young Egyptian princess. I mean, this this, uh, this, uh, tired old woman (laughs) cannot boot me out. (laughs) Come on, you're reading the Bible, but you don't want to relate to it. This this is natural life. Huh? 100-year-old man, and you got a nice 25-year-old smiling at you with nice young skin, and your wife is 98. (laughs) Come on, I'm making it look. (laughs) Lisa says 90. She said 99. (laughs) It doesn't matter. They're both old. I'm making you laugh, but I'm trying to show you how the covenant mindset was. What is the issue? The issue, okay, I know that I won this, but I am not going to forfeit God for it. That's what the issue is. I am not going to. So, you don't think that, I know the Bible says that this thing was grievous because of his son. And he didn't talk about the woman. Hallelujah. But me, being a man, I know that the woman was in there somehow. How am I going to? 
I mean, this has been a refreshing. Hmm? I don't care what you said. Are you trying to tell me that Abraham just got Hagar pregnant and that was just one time? Come on. He's been resting over there for... <laughs> He's been, he's, he's been resting over there. Huh? And here Sarah talking about, cast out the bond. He said, which bond woman, please? That's, she's a part of the family now. <laughs> what you talking about? And then that's my son. I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to listen to any of that. And then he goes to bed. And here God comes. I said, now Sarah is right. Okay? He just talked to me and said, no, you bypassed what you were trying to tell him. So let me back up. I'm saying, it doesn't matter what errors you've made or where you find yourself. But you have to know when to get up and reclaim what the enemy took from you. God has finally visited me. Okay, now I ain't taking no stuff. Back up. Vacate. This is my place. Hallelujah. Ooh, I feel the glory. Are you hearing me? I just feel that there's, I don't know if you're watching by YouTube or you're in this room, that the, what I'm preaching to you is going into your spirit and God is telling you, get up and take your stuff back. Get up. You've experienced enough glory. You've been rained on enough in this house. It is time for you to say, wait a minute. I'm not taking this anymore. Hey, I am back on the saddle. God has moved for me. Amen, amen, and amen. Beloved, the path of destiny is tortuous. It's not linear. Ups and downs seasons of waiting, mistakes, delays. That's what Abraham and Sarah lived. That's, as quiet as it's kept, that's what you're dealing with. Have you made errors? Did you get impatient? Did you get ahead of God? It's all part of the development of your faith. To handle these torturous labyrinthian hmm? path to your destiny is one of the most challenging lessons of faith. Don't throw in the towel. Don't kill yourself. Don't give up. Receive grace in Jesus' name. Even as I'm declaring it, receive it now in Jesus' name. Let the force of the Holy Ghost hit you in your homes this morning and be blessed in Jesus' name. Amen. Bible study every Wednesday night. Come and learn along 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. Sunday morning, 10 a.m. until we celebrate it. God is faithful and he will bring us through these challenging times. Amen and amen. Right, the prayer line is open. Prayer ministers will agree with you in prayer. If you're going through a difficult time or the Lord is correcting or chastising you, 
you will bring the peaceable fruit of righteousness. Receive it in Jesus' name. God bless you. See you tomorrow.